Welcome back, everyone, to episode number two of Doc Podcast. In a shocking turn of events, we have returned for another episode. Joining me here in L.A., that is Lower Alabama, in an undisclosed location, live, Corey Smith. How we doing, Corey? Bro, I feel like we should set this thing up. This is uh, this is going to be one of the more interesting episodes of Doc and the Law. We have been on the beach for days. We have consumed uh, <laughs> alcohol um, at a level that is uh, not fit for uh, driving and probably not for podcasting. Um, but here we are. I'm stoked. This is actually the first time we've done this thing in person since the very first episode of the Strong Side of Ranch. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Strong Side of Ranch. And hopefully it doesn't. We don't take like two hours to get our points across, and we can just flow through this thing. Although, I, as I like to point out, on the very first episode of Strong Side of Ranch, I called the Patrick Mahomes MVP, <laughs> and I also called the Chicago Bears number one fantasy defense that year. And I'm gonna keep. Reminding every all our listeners of that until the end of time, um, but no, I think it's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be together, and uh, there's not much to talk about. But uh, you know, we we got we got some stuff to cover, so we'll jump right into it. First things first, uh, being a pro NHL pro Predators podcast, I think it's uh, very exciting that the NHL has actually put something in place. Is there a timetable? Not really. But at least that hockey has some sort of idea of a playoff system that's going to start here in the near future. It may be football season before it gets here, but you know what? At least they put something out there yesterday, and it gets us excited for the playoffs here down the road. And who knows when it's going to happen, but you know what? It got us talking about something. No, I think it's actually a really cool idea. So. Uh, if, if anybody hasn't seen, the NHL came out earlier this week. Um, we are actually recording this on May 27th. It is uh, late in the evening on May 27th, but what, we're recording this towards the end of the week. And earlier this week, the NHL came out and announced that they were going to return in kind of a four-phase process. So their phase one was self-quarantining, which they've considered to be over. They said the regular season is over. Hopefully early June they're going to come back and allow skating and practicing in small groups at facilities. Phase three, and they said no earlier than the first half of July they're going to start training camps again. And then phase four, which they hope to be towards the end of July and August, they're going to actually start a 24-team playoff. The other six teams will be in a uh, lottery for draft picks. And then as soon as the draft lottery is over, they're going to be in two different cities, East Conference in one city, West Conference in another city. They have a list of cities they're considering, and basically they're just going to play it out. So the top four seeds from each conference will play a round robin for seeding amongst the top four, and then the remainder of the eight teams from each conference will be paired up, eight versus nine, six versus 11, five versus 12, and play it out. And they're going to play five-game series um, to see who's going to continue in the playoffs. And uh, I think it's actually going to be really cool. I mean, you know, we always talk about do any of this, you know, when they're in these odd situations, do any of these things carry over? Um, And I actually think this is a pretty cool playoff format. Um, But, you know, it raises the question, Preds are a six seed, (laughs) squaring off against the Coyotes in the first round as an 11 seed. Got to get your thoughts on that. Well, uh Again, we don't know when it's going to happen. We talked last time about the Preds, and they had a hot start to the season this year. But for some reason, they've had the Coyotes have had their number, especially in Arizona, out there away from Bridgestone. So we'll just see. And I think the biggest thing, like you said, this is a new style of playoff for all of us with the two hub cities, and the East will get their city, and the West get their city. And there's again several up for up for debate, but it's just going to be interesting because being hockey fans like we are, and I wondered this when the commission came out yesterday and said this, okay, so you've got these matchups and you've got this round robin series, are they going to start it, do it like NCAA tournament, and you're going to have like your series to where like the West has the Preds and the Coyotes, and they have the Oilers and the Blackhawks, and they have uh, is the Jets and the Flames playing. 
and the Wild and Canucks, that's the playing series. Are they just going to start at like eight o'clock in the morning and just roll? Which oh would be fa- which would be fantastic. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? And for hockey fans like us, I mean, definitely, there's a real, real chance. I've got a bunch of sick hours, and I'm going to use them all up because <laughs> I'm going to sit there and just watch hockey nonstop. And, I mean, you've got empty stadiums, and you've got teams rolling on. And it's going to be like rec league, rec league baseball. Rec league baseball kicked off. You had, oh, yeah, the first, you had the 8 o'clock game, and they just went, and they rolled, and you have – are you going to have games all day in this hub city and then you keep going until you figure it out? I just think it's it's a ton to consider when it comes to matchups and and how, like, a team's going to be affected. Okay, sure, you got the early game, you got the late game, okay? And you look at, especially Preds, we've always considered them as having a huge home, home ice advantage. I mean, you're going to lose that and you're going to have teams on the ice with a bunch of echoes in the background. I was about to say, there's going to be nobody in the arena. And we've seen that from Bundesliga, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's what are you going to get from these teams when they're in these hub cities? And sure, I, I understand trying to find a champion, and you're going to really your home ice isn't going to have any advantage, and it's going to be a team versus a team. On and for example, I know Dallas is one of the hub cities up for consideration for the West, and you just I mean it's going to be different. And I just hope they take into consideration, hey, we're going to play hockey all day. People are people are looking for something to watch and um, I just I hope they play all day and they just keep keep hockey going nonstop until they find a champion well I, I will say uh, I think that you make great points about a not having home ice advantage which I think has shown over the years to be huge in hockey especially if you come down to a, what would be a game five in this point or a game seven you know a, a series clinching game. Um, I think that that is a huge point to be made. The other point to be made is I think you got to go back to road records, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think there is something to which of these teams have veterans, uh, which of these teams can wake up in a hotel, follow their routine, go out and play solid. I mean, there are teams that just play shitty on the road. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a yeah. proven thing. And so I think that that's where a lot of the value is going to be found. Uh, the second thing is, for all of our fellow DGENs out there, this is a situation, gents, where we are going to have to pace ourselves. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the classic this situation yep. yeah, where yeah. the 9 a.m. game is going to be tempting as fuck, and you're going to be sitting there, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I love the, I love the Bruins in the 9 a.m. game, and you're going to hammer them, and they're going to lose, and then you're going to be scrounging all day, mm-hmm. figuring out how you can get together 20 bucks yep. from your Uncle Lou or whatever yep. to bet on the 11 p.m. game. And so I think that this is a classic pace-yourself situation. The other thing that I think is – it kind of resets the gambling market because, like you said, there's no home ice advantage. And a lot of the books have already released odds. I'll tell you a couple that I really like. Uh, the Capitals, not doing great this year, but they're sitting at plus 1,400 to win the Cup. Uh, the Leafs, who I've liked all year, are sitting at 1,800. Our Preds are also sitting at 1,800. And then one way back in the pack, that I think you got to keep your eyes on. I actually really like the Canes. They're sitting mm-hmm. there at plus four thousand, yeah. dude. You're talking about four hundred bucks on a one dollar bet. I, I like the Canes. Um, I, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Anybody you saw that stood out to you? Well, I think it all comes down also because you have these qualifying rounds, but you also have the round robin rounds, and it's like ooh, we we mentioned the. Of course, the qualifying qualify rounds are the, the best of five, but then you get the round robins, especially, I mean, the West, St. Louis has to play Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, and they all have to play each other and see what your seeding is. And I think, I mean, especially we found over the years that watching, I mean, you've watched so much hockey, it's a lot of it comes down to more matchups than anything and how, you, how your defense matches up against right, the offense. Right, it's all style. And then it's also you have, like, your hot goaltenders. I mean, who knows which goalie is going to get hot in the playoffs? And so, that's not even looking at the the the, the round robin stuff for the top four seeds. So, I mean, I kind of I dig your Canes pick just because the Canes are young and they're talented, and I also dig. I mean, 
we love the Preds, of course, sure. Philadelphia's played good as of late. I think Washington's always one that you got to watch out for. Uh, Vegas has, has, I mean, they fired their head coach midseason, but they've been a sleeper all throughout the year. And I think, I mean, there's, I think the whole thing's wide open. You just never know. I, I totally I, agree. I, I, think it, I think it's really fun. And I think that if you're looking at long-term investment in this thing, I don't think you start at the top, although I do think playing a round-robin series of three versus potentially two series of five, two five-game series is a huge advantage. But I also think that in hockey it's sneaky, right? Like it's that it's that eight seed in the West who plays mm-hmm. two seven-game series and everybody writes them off because they think they're done. And then that's the team that wins the cup if you're looking at L.A. coming out of the West Coast a couple years yeah. ago. Um, and Carolina when they won the cup. I mean, it's a pretty classic deal. I like the Hurricanes set up because I think that they match up stylistically nice against the Rangers. I think they're faster and, and more offensive-minded than the Rangers. And then you either get the Islanders or the Panthers – in the second round, I like them to take out both the Islanders and the Panthers. And then you look at if the Penguins take out the Canadians and the Leafs take out the Blue Jackets, you're talking about a Penguins-Maple Leafs second round. That is going to be a war. And then the Hurricanes, if they can advance, get whoever comes out of that series, who you got to think is going to be black and blue. So I don't know. I think that I think the value is in the back end with those big numbers. Um, but obviously, it's going to be fun to see what happens. I think it's it, it's a cluster. And here's the thing, though: I, I wish they put had put a date, projected date on it, because we were talking earlier about how how electric would the end of August, beginning of September be if you've got a you have something like this rocking and rolling, and then next thing you know you got college football at night. But you know, they didn't put a date on it because I, I understand they have to follow protocol. But man, you, I wish they gave us a date to be excited about it, but. Hey, it is what it is. At least the NHL came up, came out with a plan. Uh, wink, wink. MLB hasn't done anything, and they're getting rid of getting rid of paying minor league teams. So, um, baseball's dead. Whatever. This is not a baseball <laughs> podcast. We used to be. We have our affiliation. I know you you love the Braves. I'm with the Braves too. But if if nothing's going on with those guys, uh, you get kind of lost in the woodwork. And we'll talk about you maybe next year. Um, moving on though. Uh, German soccer, the Bundesliga. We mentioned it the first podcast. We're back the second podcast with it. We were so excited for a return. And that first weekend, gambling-wise, was a lot of fun. Our, our Dortmund fellas got the job done for us, hitting the over uh, with a money line as well. Uh, I know this past few days have not gone swimmingly for your boy with his Bundesliga picks. Uh, yesterday... Was extremely rough uh, when uh, 07 and 1. Um, <laughs> extremely hot start, but but worse. I mean, at least I was on the beach. That's about the only plus side from the whole thing is I could just turn it off and walk down to the coast and go enjoy the sand and the surf and the sights. Um, but hey, I will say this at least live sports were back, uh, enjoying some live soccer, even if it was a, a majority of loss. Uh, on every match, but it was nice to put some hard-earned money on some trash. Um, but uh, I, I, that, that I, was really I, a ha- mean, that was a half-hearted effort in trying to exploit to so, pull myself so, out of the dumpster. But that so, was bad. That was a so, bad day. It was an extremely uh, bad day yesterday, and I really want to <laughs> jump off the top of this condo. Thomas is. Uh, I had to. I had to pull Thomas's hand back from the knife. There, he was going straight for the jugular on himself. Uh, what he's in. Referencing for those of you who are not as dialed into the uh, German Bundesliga as we have been the past few weeks, uh, our Dortmund boys, um, Borussia Dortmund, uh, who we are a pro Dortmund podcast and will continue to be despite the ass whooping they took from Bayern Munich. Man, that would no, no, it would. It was an ass whooping. No, it, it, it was an ass it, whooping. Sh- but, but God. Folks, I sat on the damn beach and watched the whole thing on my iPad, the first half of my iPad, and I'm sitting there going, man, Dortmund's got a shot, they got a shot, they got a shot, they got a shot, and sure as a world, that chip shot, Bayern Munich puts over the goal, and I'm like, this is what it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to go downhill from here, and there's no chance, so I just started slugging beers at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, even though the game went to 11, it just felt like, it felt like it was going to be bad. It felt like the right thing to do, let's just be honest. Well, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, Bayern Munich. Took down Dortmund uh, one one nil. to freaking nothing. One, Dor- I mean, it's this is like Oklahoma playing. For, no, excuse me. I, I, I don't. I, what's your compare? 
uh, Bill Connolly had a great that, article come out yeah, about. I would how, say that the Bundesliga is a lot like Big Twelve football. Yes, it is. Um, I it's would like say Texas that, Tech and Oklahoma play into a seven to three ending. You're like, get out of here. Except, imagine if Texas Tech lost, but they didn't <laughs> score because they incompleted seventy five passes. Because <laughs> that's basically what Dortmund did. They had a lot of chances. The reason I say that they got their ass kicked is because none of those chances even looked real. No, I mean it was so. Terrible. It was, it was it was just awful to watch. The whole thing was awful. Uh, we obviously bet Dortmund. Uh, it was a classic pros versus Joes. We were clearly the Joes uh, situation. The line was going the wrong way. We bet with our hearts and not our heads. We paid for it with our ass. Um, and then we also took the over and we paid for it on that as well. Big time. Um, and then we bet. Bayer Leverkusen, and they got their ass that kicked by Wolfsburg. Awful. That was another whipping that we took. Um, uh, luckily, am I going to say this right? Monk and Gladbach? Whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. They, Gladbach, they whatever they are. Well, uh, I took that draw. Luckily, I cashed Good that. Good for you, man. Um, but other than that, we had a terrible week uh, betting on the Bundesliga. Uh, not a great weekend either. Um, also laid a little dust down on Chase Elliott in the Coke 600 on Sunday. Uh, and the um, probably the most hated race car driver this side of Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, would end up taking that home. So overall, not a uh, overall not a great week at the book for the Doc and the Law. But we're going to try to get it turned around um, here this week. But it is interesting. We, we were having this discussion earlier, and we're talking about uh, the Bundesliga going first, right? I mean, they are the first big major professional sports league to come back and you know there's no fans in the stands and they're piping in crowd noise mm. so i'm curious your thoughts on this piped in crowd noise are you did you like it did you not like it what are your thoughts i don't know i don't know it's like it's one of those things like i don't know how much of an effect it has on players but it's i'm sitting here well, listening. it can't have any right there's no it way they can hear it that. can but it's um, i don't know it's just you're sitting here watching don't don't feed me this false sense of hope it's like Look, I know I'm watching Byron play Dortmund, and Dortmund's piping in, in sound from the background. But I look in the stands, and no one's there, and I'm just like, "Don't give me this." And and I think it was it was more of a unique style, having getting a chance to listen to player. Uh, they're speaking German. I have no idea what they're saying, or they're speaking some foreign language. I still don't have any idea what they're saying. But at least they're communicating. It was kind of had had a unique feel to the game. But you're gonna pipe in sound from the background. I'm like. But don't they show the field and not the fans most of the game? They do. But See, but I, maybe because I, I also started drinking beers at breakfast. <laughs> but I did not. I, I, it felt like to me that there were fans in the stands, right? Like yeah, when they're showing yeah. the field, it feels like there's fans in the stands. And maybe I don't know enough about the game to understand why that matters or why that doesn't. But to me, it made it feel a little more realistic until they show the ridiculous image of the netting over the seats and the bench players spread yeah. out over, yeah, the, over the lower it's sections. It was yeah. unbelievable. But, you know, I mean, you got to give them respect. They're going first. But, you know, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, yeah. it, we, we said it earlier, it is a hard thing to have the balls to go first and anything, much less during a pandemic and you're running players out on the field and God knows what could happen and, and the perception of that amongst the public um, but it is a uh, it is an interesting deal. Um, it's been fun to watch. I mean, you know, and it's also a fun league to learn about. And I think if you're out there and you're starving for sports like we are, uh, it's an interesting place to go get it. I would maybe do a little more research than we did uh, well, yeah, before you just go or throw do, in your cash or do out. less because obviously we did a bunch of research when uh, Tuesday rolled around about the matchups and uh, your boy went 07 and one. So obviously my research was. Waste of my time. It should have just picked, picked, picked squads based on colors and um, starting goalies, which I have no idea what's going on. But well, uh, speaking of research, you don't have to do much research to know um, who the goat is uh, when you're talking football, and that is our boy who uh, prefers to kiss his son on the mouth instead of his <laughs> supermodel wife. That would be that would be TB12, Tom Brady. Um, who was involved in the most watched golf event in the history of golf, according to Turner Sports this past weekend. The match two with Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning squaring off against Phil Mickelson and 
Tom Brady at Medalist Golf Club in South Florida. Uh, it pissed rain on them all day. It was absolutely miserable weather, but they had these souped up badass golf carts. They got around. They played extremely fast, um, which you would expect. Uh, but really fun to watch. Uh, I caught most of the uh, front nine and all the back nine. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, and the biggest takeaway for me was this. Golf can make major, major upgrades to the TV broadcast, right? I think that the for anybody who watched it, you obviously saw the moment where Tom Brady, who, by the way, if he's an eight handicap, I'm a four. Yeah, um, that, no way. He I, was, I didn't catch much of it, but yeah. That's, he was everywhere, all over the golf course. But then obviously that great moment where Charles Barkley is chirping him, talking shit. Brady holds out from the fairway. You know, hey Chuck, suck on that. Take some medicine. Mm-hmm. Then proceeds to split his pants, yep. and then Chuck Barkley gets to tell him he split his pants. I mean, just an all-timer moment from Brady and Barkley. But you know, it raises the question: if that is the uh, granted, there's nothing else on TV. But if that's the most watched golf event in history, and they peaked out on the back nine, not on the front nine. What are some things that we can learn from that that golf can do better? Well, I think it's more you, – you look at that and, like, we as crazy morons enjoyed the enjoyed the trash talk back and forth. And you look at it and it's like that's – we – stop trying to hide that from the game. I mean, it's it's same with any – with a violent sport like football. And you know they're going to trash talk and – they're going to talk to each other on the basketball court and on the ice and on the field. Why not? Why try and hide something like that? Sure, you have to censor it down a little bit, but I think that that was a a very fascinating part of it. It's like it's a lot. Uh, I mean, sports in general is a lot more mental than people realize. And I think that if you can get in somebody's head, and you can see it, Last Dance portrayed that some as well during their documentary. Is if you can get somebody's head, maybe you can get the edge on somebody. And I think that's the that rings true in the golf course too. So, so you think, think golf needs more trash talk? Well, not <laughs> sure. Why not? I, I would be fascinated. Course, hey, the, these I, are all theoreticals. You can talk anything you want. I think it was. I mean, I think it was just. It was very cool to see how they interacted with each other. And I, yes, I understand. Golf is. I mean, you watch the Masters and and Justin Thomas or whoever, Rory's going to be in his head for 18 holes thinking about what he's got to do, sure. But, I mean, and I think Tiger does a great job of this, which is why he's been so dominant um, on the golf course, is not necessarily with his talk, with his demeanor towards other at, towards other golfers, is he walks out there and he, he the way he carries himself on the golf course is, look, I'm the best, you have to beat me. And... Maybe it's he doesn't use his words, but he uses the way he carries himself, and it was just cool to see it. The the replays that I saw, I didn't catch much of it, but I but from what you've said is what what I've seen on social media is the words they've used towards each other is they're trying to play these mind games and gain the advantage, which I mean maybe that's the athlete I think in all four of them coming out. Uh, during the broadcast, I agree. I think probably for me, as and, and I'm a I'm a, a golf head. I'm a, a guy who enjoys the ins and outs of the game, not just the the big picture of it. I think the coolest part was like when Justin Thomas interviewed Phil Mickelson, and he's like, "Hey, tight lie, side of the green, not that much green to work with. What are you gonna do here? You know, hey, I'm gonna nip it. I'm gonna try to one hop and stop it. I stand a little closer. My shaft's a little more upright." And, I mean, you know, most people are going to hear this shit. They're never going to be able to do that. Mm. But it's fascinating to be able to hear, right? I mean, hey, short par four here. What are you thinking, Phil? I think that just the ability to maybe walk with them from green to tee and, hey, what are you thinking on this next hole? Or, you know, walking up to the green. Hey, what happened on that shot? What were you thinking? What went wrong? Just the ability to do that and just hear what these guys think. I mean, they're such technicians. It would be fascinating to be able to hear that. I think that some of this high and mighty shit that golf is on, you know, about like, hey, we can't disturb our players and we can't break their focus. Well, I mean, yeah, if it's the Masters, if it's the U.S. Open, if it's a World Golf Championship and they're playing for four million bucks, yeah, clearly you don't want to bother them in that situation. 
But if it's the freaking Travelers Championship and it's a Saturday afternoon, who gives a shit? I mean, nobody wants to hear from Patrick Reed. That guy can shove it up his ass. Yeah, he can. But, but like, if Jordan Spieth's getting ready to hit a chip shot, I would love to hear what he's thinking. Exactly. And I think that's what in RIP or XFL, but I think that's why people jumped to the XFL so quick is that they were interviewing guys, guys at interception the field. He comes to the sideline, he's going to interviewed right there. I think that's why people jumped on it. And, and NBA has tried doing that in between the first and second quarters and third and fourth quarters. But I think in golf, you have so much downtime between shots where you can you can ask, or like you said, from a grain to a tee box, you have a, you have a chance to ask a guy, okay, what are you thinking here? And it's I think it's, as a spectator, so fascinating thinking, uh, seeing what a, a professional – He's thinking about when he goes to his next shot or when he goes to the next player, something like that. And I think that would be something to where you had people you would you could bring people who don't watch golf on a dated or on a normal basis or tune in the golf channel every on a Tuesday afternoon, but they're watching the sport on a weekend and say, Hey, this is something I would like to watch on the weekend instead of go do something else. I agree. I agree. Also would like to uh, mention Cash the uh, cash the Tiger and Peyton bet. Uh, took that overall, so I cashed that. Also cashed the, the, a couple the big props. The, the major. The that, major thing was cashing that. Bet. Exactly. Uh, you know, because like Musburger likes to say, uh, there's nothing better than cashing tickets. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. I'm paraphrasing that anyway. Oh no, he says cashing tickets is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he says. Um, so you know, we had some hot moments. We had some cold moments. Tom, speaking of hot and cold, there's nobody. And I mean nobody who does hot and cold better than Dairy Queen. Hey, That's who we're talking hey. about. Uh, Doc in the Law podcast, proud to be sponsored by Dairy Queen. Ever since 1940, they've been bringing you the frozen treats, the soft serve, the ice cream, and the blizzards you love. But don't forget the chicken tenders, the burgers, and the fries. It's an American classic, Dairy Queen. And Tom, remember, if they don't flip that blizzard upside down, what happens? Oh, baby. We, well, I don't. I really don't talk about it. You're getting it for free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just want. I just don't. I don't want to think about them not flipping the blizzard. That makes me sad. I mean, really sad. It, it's one of the most iconic American moments. I would say is when you pull up to a drive-through. Between that, they, between that, and raising the American flag. That's a great point. When they flip that cup of ice cream, it just makes you want to salute. It really does. It's it, there's nothing more American. Then a flag going up and a blizzard going down. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, Dairy Queen's amazing. We're happy to be sponsored by them. Um, and they are happy to sponsor our uh, next segment, and that is Grill It or Chill It. So, Tom, you're batting lead off here, buddy. What you got? All right, Grill It Chill. And we really didn't touch on this a lot, but NCAA has said that summer, summers uh, athletes can return to school and it's begin workouts this summer, which which is exciting news. It doesn't mean anything for sure, but it is exciting. So I ask you this, because football season is still a few months away, and football season is a long a long year. Um, and we've mentioned they have mentioned in the NCAA uh, stadiums being half capacity, whatever have you. Um, I'll ask you this: grill or chill? Stadiums in NCAA football will be full capacity by November, which includes lots of rivalries, i.e. Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State. These stadiums will be full capacity by the time those games are being played. Ooh, full capacity. I'll tell you what. I'm going to grill it, and I'll tell you why. I think that the... Number one, I mean, it's mostly just wishful thinking. I just really hope that when Alabama plays LSU, when Alabama plays Auburn, that we got 107,000 in Bryant-Denny and we're rocking and rolling and we're singing Dixieland Delight and it's just raising all kind of hell. Um, You know, we were talking about it earlier today. Iowa State was actually one of the first ones to come out and say, hey, look, we got a 65,000-seat stadium. We're going to have 30,000 seats, you know, or 30,000 fans at the first game. So they're – clearly moving forward with a contingency plan to have half of their fans at the game. My thought would be this. If you have 30,000 people at a game and then everybody goes home and then two or three weeks later, the state health department comes back and there's not a gigantic spike in cases. I think at that point you sell 45,000 tickets and then you wait two or three weeks. 
and then if there's no spiking cases after that, then maybe you just go for it. I mean, I don't know. I think that the thing that cannot be understated is the economic impact. And actually, funny enough, Coach O was on Fox News talking yeah, about was. this today, mm-hmm. uh, which we also saw Coach O at the at – the, uh, beach earlier this week and nice. the run oh, the midday run is a real thing he's barely moving <laughs> but it is a real thing um but he's talking about the economic impact of all these people coming to these college towns and you can't understate the difference between fifty thousand and one hundred and fifty thousand people coming to a city mm-hmm. right i mean yeah. hotels restaurants and so they need these people to come to these cities whether that's good or bad as far as the virus goes i don't know um, but my hope is that, you know, after four to six weeks of having half and, you know, two-third capacity at these stadiums, they finally say, hey, look, I mean, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's go for it. And I'm going to grill it and say hopefully we got full stadiums by the end of the season. I agree with you. I think it's more uh, I'm going to grill it as well. It's just you're sitting here and, and I understand you look at the first few weeks and it's maybe, again, wishful thinking is – and we always take Alabama – for example, is I mean we are from Alabama and we grew up following the Crimson Tide. But you look at you look in Tuscaloosa and I think they their their first three games, sure half capacity, but when A and M rolls into town and Auburn rolls into town in November, I think Tuscaloosa and I'm not the smartest one out there, but I think that the city would really prosper. And I say this totally great. Yeah, <laughs> really prosper from uh, the number of fans in attendance at Brian Denny Stadium. If when when Texas A and M plays Alabama and Tuscaloosa, and same with Auburn, and you can take that around the country, and I think it's the same way. And so, I just again I agree with your your theory with the spikes in cases. But um, I thought about this the other day, and when it came out. Uh, some checkered board theories about seating and stuff like that and and this may be the cynical cynical Thomas coming out but man if I can't hug some random ass guy in the seat in front of me what's when, even worse Alabama gets six so six right. or, or I, I was thinking about this too is some I went to game six and the Preds Ducks like or no excuse me game four the Preds Ducks in like 2016 and the Preds score with 30 seconds after the game and I hug like seven random guys. Yep. So I'm so excited. I was like, dude, if I can't do that and enjoy the sport, whatever, man, I'll yep. die from something. Who cares? But whatever. I mean, <laughs> is there is there anything more dude than the celebratory hug of a dude you've never met at a sporting dude, event? We're sitting there in, in, in story <laughs> like me. So Doc and the Law and Law's brother were in Blacksburg in the middle of a torrential downpour fighting off pneumonia and fighting off anything oh, this is it was it was like freezing cold i think i slipped in the middle of lane stadium and broke my ass and then virginia tech gets a pick six and i have no affiliation with virginia tech i bought a hat and a shirt but that's all that's all i've given to the universe at virginia tech university and they get a pick six we're hugging everybody around us oh, man. and like you know what cheers that forever and Whatever if I get COVID. That was electric. The the Lane Stadium trip of 2019 will be a story for another day. Yes. But we'll tell, but, but it's a whole other podcast. It is, it is, a, uh, it is a, just a very dude thing <laughs> that I hope never goes away because of COVID is the random bro hug uh, when somebody scores. So, so uh, no, so, no, not just some random, like, I've watched Virginia Tech football on TV. Sure, great. Inner Sandman was awesome. But like that's it. I played them in the video game, but I've never given a dollar to Virginia Tech. I've never bought a shirt until I got up there. Nothing, nothing. And just we just drove there on a whim, and we're we're hugging people from Blacksburg that have been that went to Virginia Tech, and it was awesome. Yeah. Also, another tip: vegans take you bringing ice cream yeah. that's not vegan into their house very, <laughs> very seriously. seriously. But like we said, that that's a story for another time. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go next year, Tom. Uh, we, we mentioned this a little earlier in the podcast, and I, I heard an interesting take from Tom Glavin on this last week about baseball players, right? Because you don't really hear – I mean, these hockey players, we talked about the playoff. I mean, we're talking about them potentially being in a city that's not their city, quarantined in a hotel away from their family for like six to eight weeks playing playoff hockey, right? However, baseball players come out and say, wait, you want us to – expose ourselves to people and you want us to 
be around uh, the same people all day and you want us to be away from our families. And then they're saying, we're not making enough money to do that. So here's what I'm going to say. Grill or chill, most people are not going to take the player sides when they say, we're not getting paid enough money to do this crap. Wait, you, I'm saying you're do a you, do, you're again you're you're the doc and I'm the law and so you have to you have to dumb this down to the law. Do you think that most people are gonna take the? <laughs> do you think that? Let's see. Are you gonna grill or chill the fact that most people are going to side with the owners when it comes to the players in the baseball union saying they're not making enough money to go play baseball during COVID? Grilling with the owners. Yep. Big look. I mean, it's you can read all these articles, and in my opinion, look, um, what's his face came out. You, you know the name on the pot. What's uh, Snell, whatever his name is, oh, came yeah. out and said, yeah. "I'm not playing Snell, playing for less than that, dude." Hit the bricks, bro. Come on, man. It's like it's come on. There's there is there are essential workers out there every single day, and you can. We we talk bad about the pandemic, and we talk about we say we don't take it. A, we probably don't take it as serious, but whatever. That's that's again another podcast. So we got two other podcasts we got to do. One about Virginia Tech, <laughs> one about this real pandemic. So hey, you can do this and the other end, but you're gonna make those comments about you're not gonna take a pay cut and yada yada yada. Dude, give me a break with that. With the money you're scheduled to make, and you're not gonna take a pay cut because you're risking your life. Risking your life. I don't. What? What? Is he pitcher? Yeah, he's a pitcher. He's, so he literally so stands in the middle. You of the field stand by in the middle of the field by yourself. And you're risk. Sure, you're risking your life if you hang a curveball and he's going to hit you. He's going to crank one in between your eyes. Yeah, that's risking your life. But you're not risking your life with COVID getting getting stand on the mound. And so, I I see the longer this keeps going for the MLB, it's going to look worse and worse and worse. And like I mentioned to you today, I mean. The Athletics said yesterday they told their minor league players we're not paying you for the rest of the season. So, so it looks like minor league baseball is done for the year if that's the news that's coming out. Yep. And so, I, I, it's having a trickle effect. And and I just baseball hasn't made any moves, and that's why I think you know what? No, in America, hockey's fourth in all this stuff, but at least hockey did something. Yep. And it looks like NBA is talking about doing something. MLB hasn't done anything, and and your and baseball is just they're getting left behind. Yep. And I mean the old saying, right, is you don't want to be first and you don't want to be last. And it's, and it looks like baseball is going to be last. It's going to be last. And and I understand it's it's sure you want to take things slow and make sure you do it right. But at least if you ensure NHL has not given you a, t- they have not set a date. They've set a timetable for things. If everything goes according to plan, yeah, baseball has no plan. They have no, nothing, which, which is they like, they can't even agree if they're going to be paying the players enough. And I think, I think the biggest thing is it's just tone deaf. Like you don't know that the NHL players association didn't go to the owners and say, Hey, look, you're asking us to be in a city potentially for 8, 10, 12 weeks that's not our city without our family quarantined away. Like, hey, we're going to be need to get paid a little bit more than we usually would. And maybe the owners gave them that. But, the, I mean, to be so tone deaf that you just literally go on the Internet and say, I'm not getting enough paid enough money to do this shit. When you're to risk ten, my life. When you're making risk tens of millions and there are people at home who, 25 million people who are unemployed, I think it's just tone deaf. I think it's a bad look for baseball who's already struggling. And so maybe this is the time, Tom. Maybe this is when hockey overtakes baseball. Plus, hockey players would like get their throat slashed with a skate and they'd still go do the same. They get some stitches on the skin. They miss, they miss a shift and we're back. We're back, man. It's That's why we love hockey. But what, I mean, it's, I, we could get on this. So we have three podcasts now about <laughs> we have pandemic podcasts Gentech podcast and hockey why, players are tough. Why hockey players are tough podcast lined up. So that's three down the road. Hey, we're just we're just stay tuned. Our, we're planning our schedule for you guys, so at least you can hold us to this. So we got to do it down the road. So at least we have this is episode two. So we got five. We at least have three more plans. Three, four, five. So we, we make five five podcasts. So all right, what you got next? Next, next for Grill or Chill. Um, and we've kind of we hadn't talked about football except for college. 
Now, NFL has, sure, they've, they have moved on saying staff can start going back into the facilities and uh, getting things moving with them. Now, I ask you this, grill or chill, NFL will play a full season this year. Uh, I think I'm going to grill it. And, and we're, there's a lot of grilling going on, not, not a lot of chilling going on. But I think the the, the reason I think that is, I, I, as far as I understand, it sounds like they're going to start practicing in July, which is not far off the timeline of full team practices. You, I mean, you've been there. You've done the mm-hmm. – you've practiced with an NFL team. I have not. But, I mean, I think that what they're missing is the OTAs, the rookie mini camps the on-the-field underwear practices, the film sessions, all that stuff, the quote-unquote workouts where they're actually out there running routes and learning their route trees and all this stuff. And so I think, honestly, you know, we talk a lot about how – I heard Colin Cowherd say this, and I hate quoting Colin Cowherd, but, you know, the thing he said about golf actually was the NFL is not too proud to take direction from others, right? Mm-hmm. The, the college – teams are running spread offenses and they say hey maybe we should run some spread offense and i think this is going to be the year where you're actually going to see what coaches can simplify things right because if you're only going to have six weeks to put in a playbook i do think they're going to play a full season i think the hard part is going to come in with you're going to have a really truncated preseason to bring these rookies up to speed bring these new players up to speed mm-hmm. and you're actually going to see the coaches who can put in like implant simple systems that people can understand and then develop it throughout the year. And so I would say this year more than ever, I think if you're a rookie head coach, huge disadvantage. Yeah. I think if you got an Andy Reid, if you got a Bill Belichick, if you got somebody like that who has an established system and has shown Bruce Arians, maybe in Tampa, right? Somebody who has shown that they're a quality play caller who can develop and implement a system. To me, that's worth maybe a win or two when you're talking about season win totals. So, you know, we always point everything back to gambling. But I'm saying I'm, I'm thinking that they will play a full season. But if I'm looking at win totals for the season, I would say go find those coaches that you know can put a system in and give them the benefit of the doubt with a win or two. Yeah. And so and you mentioned that I've been there, sure. But I think that, like, in – because I went when I was with the Titans is during the lockout season. Some mm. not in different circumstances, but is you have a draft, and I was under unrestricted free agent. But you have a draft, and they locked out right after the draft, and you couldn't do anything at all. And so finally, by July, the draft, the draft, the lock, excuse me, the lockout was finished, and you ended up. You jumped right in there, and I remember I got called, and I had to be in Nashville the next day, and we started camp the next day. So it's a very quick, very quick turnaround. And I think you found, you found teams that had veteran coaches, they were at a better advantage. And so if you look at that season that I was, that I was with the Titans, and you look at the champion that the NFC out of the NFC was the Giants, and out of the AFC was the Patriots. And you look at those teams and who won the, the Giants won the Super Bowl that year. I think it was 2011, yes. Or excuse, maybe, maybe 2010, 2011. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so they're veteran coaches who knew what was going on. That may be wrong, maybe right. But you still look at the teams, and it was a veteran coach that had his guys in the system. And he'd have to teach brand new stuff to a, a new, new bunch. And so I think that um, you take those squads and look at them from a gambling perspective, sure, but also as a team that's a potential Super Bowl winner, a AFC, NFC contender, and um, you say, hey, the, I think this this squad's kind of got – I mean, for example, the the Saints really – if you look at their core guys, they don't have anybody brand making new. But, I mean, the Dolphins, probably a brand-new quarterback, and sure, they're going to have some learning curve starting out just because it's a – they're starting off a little bit slower than they normally would. So um, I think it'll just be interesting to see, and I think that I'm kind of with you, Gorilla, and I think they're they're going to – NFL is going to – they'll play a full season, and I think there's too much money into it, and I think that – Totally agree, um, especially if no fans in the stands, right? I mean, that's a huge – This I, didn't, somebody told me 40% of revenue comes from fan fans in the stands-related mm-hmm. uh, income. Yeah. I mean, so you talk about – you can't also lose four games if you're going to lose 40% of your revenue exactly. for the year. Exactly. I, it's, 
I think it's a lot of, especially when it comes to sports, a lot of unanswered questions, which we'll just see over the next few weeks and probably a few days. And hopefully um, by the end of July, we'll just say, the hell with it. Let's go back to normal. So it's more fun that way. Love it. <laughs> well, uh, Tom, it's gotten to that part of the podcast where it is the part that you know that I love that has become near and dear to my heart. And well, so, for, well, first off, we have a new sponsor for your for your pony picks for the weekend. Um as you, as you know, as I've been a frequent flyer here in Gulf Shores, Alabama, um, and you ventured there for the first time this evening, Bahama Bob's is now the sponsor of uh, the Corey Smith Pony Pigs for the weekend. Look, look, folks, if you're ever in Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is the L.A. we're referring to, Lower Alabama, the undisclosed location, take it over to Bahama Bob's. Look, folks, you cannot go wrong with anything there. This week... I've been there and got scallops. Fantastic. This week, um, family member of mine got triggerfish. Fantastic. Real to perfection. Look, their ranch dressing is out of this world. Get it on everything. And don't trust forget me. about the burger, John. But uh, trust me. Tonight I had the burger. And I haven't had that burger for three years. And let me tell you something. That pineapple on that hamburger is electric. And don't forget to get you the adult beverage, the Palm Bob. Look. One and done, folks. One and done. Look, you will not regret your your evening trip with your family, with your friends to Bahama Bob's. And with that, Corey, give the folks what they want. Ladies and gentlemen, it's come to the part of the podcast that uh, we all love, and that is the uh, Corey Smith quick uh, 60 to 360-second uh, <laughs> horse racing update. So we actually have news this week, Tom. Actually, huge news. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the Arkansas Derby, which became a huge race. It's normally a Kentucky Derby qualifier. actually got broken up into two heats because so many horses wanted to come to Oklahoma Park. And so the big news out of this past week is that both of Bob Baffert's horses won both divisions, Nadal in the second division, Charlatan in the first division. Interestingly, two of Bob Baffert's horses, one charlatan, the other Gamine, who ran in a uh, race earlier that day at Oakland Park, was not a Kentucky Derby qualifier, tested positive for lidocaine, which I learned this week is a banned substance in horse <laughs> racing. The other interesting thing is charlatan posted one of the fastest buyer speed figures of the year during that race in the Arkansas Derby. So it's going to be interesting to see does he become disqualified from that race? Does he lose the Kentucky Derby qualifying points? I think it's probably going to be a null and void point because he's actually already back at Santa Anita in California training. He apparently ran a half mile bullet workout yesterday and was absolutely flying. He still has two of the other two highest buyer speed figures of the year um, from Santa Anita earlier in February and March. Um, biggest update from the past weekend other than that though is the return of Maxfield so that is another three-year-old who was uh, planned for the Kentucky Derby actually uh, was a big favorite for the Breeders Cup Juvenile last year had to pull out because of surgery on his right front hoof he came back this weekend late closing win not a huge buyer speed figure 95 at Churchill Downs and the Matt Wynn Stakes but he ran past my horse pneumatic um, and finished strong to win the Matt Wynn Stakes so it looks like Maxfield is also going to make his way into the Kentucky Derby as well so uh, big news the Belmont's going to happen the Preakness is going to happen it's going to be a weird year because it's going to be totally out of order so it's looking like Kentucky Derby is actually going to be last now and the Belmont is going to be shorter it's normally a mile and a half it's normally a marathon I think it's only going to be a mile and 16th this year so it's going to be fun to see which horses are running these races it's going to be fun to see do we have some wonky triple crown winner because they're out of order and it's not the right distance um, but either way uh, I'm going to stick with my pick that I made a couple weeks ago. I'm still standing by Tis the Law. I love Tis the Law. He put up a 100 in the Florida Derby on the 1st of February. He looks great. He's training well. Um, and uh, I'm going to stand by Tis the Law, even though the doll looked great in the Arkansas Derby as well. So that is my three-minute to ten-minute uh, horse racing update. Uh, stay tuned to the Doc and the Law Instagram. I'll be posting pics from the track this weekend. Yeah, by the way, we have... Uh, we did recently pick up the Doc and the Law Instagram. I have yet to, due to laziness, uh, done a Doc and the Law Twitter, but Doc and the Law Instagram has picked up steam, and we have put our picks on there. Um, I didn't put my 0-7 one day because I was too busy sulking 
to and put losing. Any, and losing to put anything up on there. Um, but I think the best thing I got from uh, that pony segment was the Bahama Burger. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I go back and let me just tell you, the, the Bahama Bob's Burger is a half pound, 100% Angus beef burger <laughs> with two slices of Swiss cheese and a slice of pineapple, lettuce, tomato, pickle, onion, and then you decide your own condiments. I would recommend getting the burger grilled medium. It's juicy. It's char-grilled. It's absolutely delicious. You wash it down with one of those fruity Bahama Bob uh, adult beverages. Ladies and gentlemen, fresh seafood, hot burgers, cold drinks. It's everything you want. Feet in the sand. Loving it. Happy to be brought to you by Bahama Bob's this week. Yeah, that's that, the horse racing minute. That was electric right there. That Indian right there. Really put the ice that's in the that's the horse racing that, minute. That, that, that Indian. Oh, man, now I'm hungry again and thirsty. Um, man, this was, hey, that one, that didn't take too long. I mean, because here's the thing. We did a podcast, like we said, uh, a while back with uh, Strong Side Ranch, and I think we talked for two hours. And we we can. Beach. We can. We can. We can. Because there's a difference in an, in a hobby and a passion, and this is a passion. Um, we're not just passionate about Bahama Bobs or Dairy Queen. We're also <laughs> passionate about sports and gambling. Um, so, best of luck out there this weekend. Best of luck this coming week. Like we said, stay tuned to the Instagram and social media outlets. We'll be posting pics. And uh, let's get out there and cash some tickets. Guys, it's been fun. Uh, stay tuned. We will uh, definitely, again, have our Instagram up and running. And uh, be on the lookout for episode three, four, and five as like auxiliary episodes with Gentech football and pandemic talk. What was the other one? And hockey players are Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love you guys. See you around. I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help me if you can. Doctor, my eyes. Tell me what is wrong. Was I on? I have wandered through this world And as each moment has unfurled I've been waiting to awaken from these dreams People go just where they will I never noticed them until I got this feeling That it's late